A Japanese Dream in 79 Letters. An epistolary novel by Martin Glimmon. This is episode 7 out of 14. The text will be read by a machine. Therefore you may notice some mispronunciation, from time to time, especially when foreign languages are involved, like French, German, Dutch, and so on. And there is another item, I want to bring to your attention, because the letters were written by a Japanese native speaker, and were given to me, to publish them as they are, it may occur, that you will hear some semantic, or idiomatic errors. However, the text can be understood easily and you will not be disappointed about that, I guess. 38th letter. April 6, 1976. Dear Hubert, thank you very much for your letter. I'm glad, that you're again in a good mood. When you're depressed, it makes me all the more depressed. Once I get drunk, I lose almost all the self-control of mine. But I think, that's when the true self, itself, is exposed. But for that terrible hangover, I feel, like drinking, every day, every night. When I'm drunk, the world, the people around me look, completely changed, they look, as if they were some kind of nothing, and I feel absolutely superior to them. Maybe, I, did, ask you too many times about your future. I'm sure, that, in your mind, you are all the time thinking of it. But, do you really mean, not to plan anything, concerning the future? Just to think of it, makes me very uncomfortable, too. As for a child, I suppose, your opinion has changed in some way, which, in a sense, I welcome. For before, I had thought, you were very eager, to have one, or two. I'm afraid, my very negative opinion, concerning this point, influenced yours, in some way. I have, so far, heard, quite often, about your strong wish to be free. But have you ever thought, how it would be like, that feeling, when you're completely free, just like I'm now, can you manage, the absolute freedom? When you are put in such a situation, you might do something, that'll be trivial or meaningless, just like I'm now doing. You may end up, by being defeated by a terrible kind of ennui. Human beings cannot endure absolute freedom. Nevertheless, I can, in a way, understand your opinion about freedom, because, I myself, have, after all, the same opinion, though, there's a difference between us, in my case, I deny everything, that I hate, because it may endanger my, being free. About the subject of sexual intercourse, I don't want to refer to it anymore, but I still can't help referring to it only a little bit more. First of all, the word disagreeable sounds so strong, and it gave me a slight shock. For in that word is contained no mentality, at all. I think it quite natural for me, to be afraid of it, in a sense, because it's a completely new realm of experience, which was not happening with me, yet. Before, I, die young, I want to throw away my virginity because it has been, for a long time, my burden. On a page of my diary it reads as follows. The 5th of May 1975. It is a little better to wait, and wait, for the appearance of a lover, aimlessly, than to be raped by a sexual abnormality. Do you really think, that I seem to escape from it? But, it's not my pet aversion. 
At one time, in the past, I had an illusion, I'd pay as much money as I can afford, to a person, who would take my virginity, if only, he is very tender, and absolutely obedient, and giving me no physical pain, and yet, is technically skillful with the intercourse. But this crazy, illusion, disappeared completely, shortly after that. Oh, I've quite wasted the page by writing about this nonsense. Dear Hubert, it's so painful, beyond endurance, that you'll be absent from April, the 13th till May, the 5th, and it's not known, where you are, and I'll not be able to get a letter from you, regularly. It's so cruel. Please try to be in Arkan, as long as possible, please. When I began to write this letter, I was in such a low temper, that I thought of not writing, now. But by writing, so far, I feel quite better. Nevertheless, I feel, as if I were an important person, and I could do anything. What is worse, is, that it is raining, now. Rain makes me, all the more, depressed. You once said, that you like to walk in the rain. It's unbelievable to do that, in this gloomy season. It's something, like the end of the world. I am tired. I'm thinking, of seeing a specialist of nervous diseases, but I don't think, he can cure me, by any means, maybe, I won't go. I want potassium cyanide, medicine of a violent poison. A week or so ago, I went to one of my aunts. There was her daughter, my cousin, and her child. And the mother fed her child. Two or three years old, Castella. Sponge cake, and the way, the child snatched it away and ate it in a monkey-like way, was really funny. The Japanese way of bringing up children, is really spoiling them, and I am a typical product of that method. Do you know the word, meaning the opposite of, hypocrisy? Recently, I have been called this, by three persons, a type of a person, who tries to look, or have an air of, being wicked. These days, the life is not interesting, at all. I only descend lower and lower, into the abyss, where a devil of nihilism grins. It feels so painful, and sad, when it occurs to me, that I'm not worthy of you, at all. I fear, whenever I face with you, I try to be hypocritical. Sometimes my parents say, why is it, that you can't be more normal, because you have received a good education? But in my case, education deteriorated my character. So, coming to the end of this sheet of paper, please promise me, to write, at least one letter a week, wherever you are, during your Easter holiday. And, also give your landlord my best regards, please. Goodbye for now, Naomiko. 39th letter. April 13, 1976. Dear Hubert, I was a little surprised to hear, that my tape was damaged. And I must apologize to you, because I imagine, you may have been somewhat disappointed, because you could not hear from me. In fact, in that tape, I spoke a lot. But, at the same time, I'm, in a way, glad, that the tape was broken. Though I still don't understand, why it's broken, because it was very unnatural, to do so. But, anyway, please try to understand, my very lonely feelings which I had at that time. But as I told you, I'll never do that again. And I mean, 
to compensate for that damaged tape, by writing this letter to you. But the pity is, it's not sure, that you'll get this letter in time, because you are on holidays, from today. By the way, is your new room not in a student hostel? Or did you feel so impatient with your landlord, that you couldn't wait, till you got another room? Well, in that tape, I asked you, why you could not pick me up in Paris, if I land there. Is it, because of your exams, or because you don't like Paris at all, or because you don't want to waste money on such a thing? I said, I'll pay for my food and travel expenses. If we really travel, during my stay, because, if you spend too much money, during the summer holidays, I fear, you'll starve next semester. So, I asked you, to tell me, the concrete amount of money, that will be needed, to spend on food, on the condition, that I won't be luxurious. And in that tape I also said, that I would regard traveling, as being, not necessarily important. As to accommodation, I won't demand my own room insistently, though, I still have a sort of vague fear. And I said, that your last letter. Well, this letter included, it was actually, letter before the last, was very businesslike, and I did not like it so much, I mean, to receive a letter from you, is still a joyful thing, regardless, what kind of letter it may be. And I also said in that tape, that my visa has not yet been delivered, the authorities must have neglected us. And from Monsieur Marino, I haven't got a second answer from him, so far. I imagine, he's quite busy now, because his family comes to France, this month. I think, these are the main things, as far, as I remember, the rest of the tape consists of my ridiculous murmurs, nonsense, and complaints. I, really, am so sorry, to have barred, once, and, thanks God, only once, the flow of our letters, by sending you a tape. I'm not sure, if you'll forgive me or not, if I say the following. Well, in that tape, I also said, that I tried to choke myself, once or twice, recently. But the pain was so intense, that at the very moment, I realized, I would die, if I would have continued in this way any longer, I quit the deed. Well, I think, I wrote something about freedom in my last letter. But, after having written it, I came to realize, that I had no right to speak of it to you in that way, as I have done, because the recent process of my life is something like escaping from restrictions. So, now I'm almost free, in my own inner world. But now it's almost impossible, or very difficult at least, for me, to come back to the world of restrictions again, unless something very forcible happens. I have one thing, which I must tell you. I rather think it quite early to do so, and I'm very unwilling to do so, because it would make you sad, or discouraged. But please listen, bearing in mind, that it's not yet sure. Well, the thing is, if I'm admitted into a British university, University of Warwick, I must, again, postpone my departure from Japan, until the end of August, or September, because I'll have to prepare, till those months in Japan, otherwise it's quite likely that I would not get a good result from studying there. And if I spend an easy life, more than two months with you in Europe, I won't be able to switch to the study later.
I expect that the university will inform me of whether they accept me or not within this month. I hope they won't. So please tell me if it comes true that you can still wait until September. I'm really very sorry to ask such a question, but if I study in England I shall stay at least for two years in Europe, and during that period, I think we can have some time together during holidays. It's still a mere plan. But this is one solution to what I'm going to do after our meeting. But concerning this matter, I have a very great, for me, worry, in that case, I'll have to have my parents finance me, spend a huge amount of money on me, me, who, I think, is unworthy for it. And what is worse, if they do so, I'll be robbed of my right to die, because I'll feel responsible, and I do not want to give them a great shock, by killing myself. It will be a great burden, after getting through the study there. Maybe, I shouldn't have spoken about this matter, but as you well know, it's so painful to write to you, hiding the things possibly happening. Recently, I talked about sex with my mother, and I got a great shock, when she pointed out, my thinness. She said, there's scarcely flesh around your belly and bottom, you shall cause pain to your partner, during the intercourse, because of your bony body. A couple of days ago, I came to the following decision, concerning my sister-in-law and her family. To keep silent about them. To avoid referring to them in front of my family, instead of speaking in a negative way of them, and, to be harmless to them. This sounds very negative, but this was the only solution, that I found. I felt awfully ashamed of my mean attitude. But since they will continue to live in that way, which makes me feel uneasy, it's almost unbearable to me, I want to defend myself, by doing so. By the way, recently, I felt the strong necessity, to move my body and I began to make physical exercises, jumping with, or without a rope, as well, as cycling. And I realized, it's a very good thing, to make my body active. It somewhat releases my depressed mood. But as far as my nerves are concerned, the only thing, that can really make them less intolerable, is alcohol. At night, I'm induced to take it. Only by chance, I came to know, that the German pronunciation of your name is, who, Bert, but I've pronounced it like a Jew, Bert, as if its spelling would be something like Jubert. And that mistaken pronunciation is, what makes that mixture between English and German. So should I call you a Jew, Bert, as if your name would be an English one? But why isn't your name Hubert, which I have been familiar with? I'm afraid, I'm getting too confused, about the pronunciation of German, and after all, well now, I'm a little bit tipsy, because I took a couple of beers, at dinner. Now I began to concentrate on the books by Virginia Woolf, these days. Her actual life was much more interesting than her novels. In her life she suffered nervous breakdowns many times and attempted suicide a couple of times. If it had not been for her husband, she would have put an end to life much earlier. Her husband advised that she should not bear her own children. And the reference book says that they, Virginia and her husband, were equal partners in their married life. I remember one more thing, which I mentioned in the tape, I'm afraid I changed, in some way, since last summer because many things happened, 
since then. Before that, I had never worried about things with another person. Well, dear Hubert, I hope your new room pleases you better than the last one, and I also hope you'll have a nice time during your holidays. And I apologize once again for that tape. Today it was quite warm, and even if it's chilly, there's no longer that terrible coldness of winter. I'm quite all right now, and I'll continue my physical practices. I hope to hear from you soon. But there'll be a strike of mail service here in Japan on the 20th, 23rd, and 24th. It's a great pity, so goodbye, Naomiko. 40th letter. April 21, 1976. Dear Hubert, I imagine. You now enjoying your holiday. I wish to have your letter written during your holiday, because such a letter is always so nice. I'm now quite alright, because of my mental and physical efforts. By mental effort, I mean, to try not to complain, and devote my time, instead, to reading. By physical effort, I mean, to practice gymnastics in my garden, and I found out, that physical practice, gives me some refreshing pleasantness. Thus, I'm preventing myself from falling into depression. Nevertheless, I feel lonely, and find my present life quite unsatisfactory. In the first place, I have, now, no institution or any sort of social group to belong to. These days, almost every day, I keep myself indoors, simply, because there's no place to go to. Even, walking along the street, is quite unpleasant, because the air is very foul for the car exhausts. And I have now, what they call, unending, holidays, every day, is like a holiday, to me. When I heard from you, that my tape had been broken, I felt, some string of my heart, also snapped. Almost every day, I'm learning German. But recently, it's getting quite hard, the grammar in which the word form changes, according to case and gender, is so difficult. And some words are too long for me, to pronounce smoothly. But someday, when I get a better command of German, I'd like to read, Nietzsche's, work. The other day, I went to the art gallery, to see the exhibition of art in East Germany. There were pictures, sculptures and prints. They are the works of realism between 1919 and 1933. I felt, almost all the works, there, showed a sort of weird, or appalling sense. The whole impression was quite strong on me, but I felt quite disgusted, and I didn't like them very much. Recently, I come to understand better, what you said once, our ideas are quite similar. But to put it in another, harsh way, it might mean, that, both of us, I'm sorry, if I give you offense by writing both of us, are, eternally like children. I mean, I think, to enter the world of adults, we're required to be more conventional, more secular, and more hypocritical. At least, I think myself still a child in a sense. Mother referred to my present life as a sort of luxury. Maybe to the eyes of many people it, is. People work to live, but I wonder, what they live for. It would be better, to live only in the present, as you seem to be able to do, at least sometimes. I wish, I could do so too. But, always, so far, 
My life has seemed to be a kind of preparation for something in the future. Even now, it seems so. But I've stopped to seek for the absolute purpose of life. This letter may be not so interesting, I'm afraid. But I could not help writing it in that way. I'm happy, it's already real spring, for the last winter was quite hard mentally. Bye bye for now, Namiko. 41st letter. April 26, 1976. Dear Hubert, I hope, you well, and enjoying your life, wherever you may be, now. I'm getting a little bit irritated, by not hearing from you, for quite a while. Maybe, my previous letters didn't reach you in time, partly because you were on holidays, and partly, because there was a mail service strike, here, in Japan, recently. Well, today I received a telephone call from the Kobe Dutch Consulate. They're asking you to go to the Municipal Census Registrar, and ask them, to give you a certificate, proving that the city has no objection to our marrying. Without this certificate, my visa, for entering Holland, won't be granted. Considering the matter, I don't think, we'll need visa anymore. So should I cancel it altogether, what do you think? Though. I've not yet confirmed, there isn't a tourist visa, I think, for it is quite unlikely, as far as I've heard once, somewhere, that a visa, valid for a year, is given to a tourist. But I didn't tell the consulate officer, that we had changed our former plan. So, could you suggest me how to answer to the consulate? I sent the same letter, as this one, to Arkan, in case, you're there, at the end of your holidays. The consulate asked me, to present that paper, as soon as possible, anyway. So, dear Hubert, please write to me, soon. Namiko. 42nd Letter. April 27, 1976. Dear Hubert, thank you very, very much for your two letters. Can you believe, again? That your letter, dated 13th, reached me today, it took two weeks. And I also got your letter of 17th. I wonder, why the post office can't be so kind, as to deliver them separately. As a matter of fact, it was very, very painful for me to endure, your three weeks silence. And I'm ashamed to have suspected, you might have changed your mind. I don't want to be a jealous person, but you know, since we're in a so distant place, such a blank period makes me very much anxious, though. You had warned me earlier, that during your holidays, your letter from Holland would be delayed. So, now I understand, you were so busy. Well, now I'm writing to you, over a bottle of beer. Though, I was filled with joyous feelings, because of your letters, all day, today, I, sometimes, really can't endure my present life, recently. Tomorrow, my brother and his wife are coming back home. And I'm sure, this is the biggest reason for my depression. Unfortunately, indeed, the aftermath of their wedding is not yet finished, it's a custom here for a bride, to come back to her parents' house, shortly after a wedding. But don't worry, I seldom drink too deep. Only a small amount of alcohol will do for me. Anyway, I can't stand my present life, without a drop of alcohol, and cigarettes. This, I think, proves, that the life has been getting harsher and harsher to stand, 
compared with that of my college days. You said in your letter, that you can't afford to travel. That's okay, with me. I don't mind very much, because all I want to do, is seeing you, though, it's only a little bit disappointing, because I had, somehow, dreamt of walking together with you, along the streets of Paris. But I still want to see a bit of Paris, so I may stay there, one or two days. But I wonder, how you spent that amount of money for your furniture, 2,000 German marks, seem to me, quite an amount of money. I've not yet received an answer from the British University. Even, if I'm admitted, it's not yet sure, if I'll really accept it. Another two more months to wait, seem to me very painful. If I'm not admitted, I'll go to Holland on July the 4th. In that case, maybe, I won't change my plan anymore, because I desired to see you. So in this letter, I can't yet tell you, when I'll be in Europe, if admitted. I feel, now, a very complicated feeling. Even, if either case comes true, it has its drawback, if I'm admitted, I must wait more, if not, my stay, there, in Europe will be short, two months, or so. Since I like Germany very much, I imagine, it will be very nice to see some places there, anyway. I'm glad, doubly, after reading your letter, you're now in a very good mood and your new flat satisfied you very much, you needn't get into trouble anymore with your landlord. But I wonder, what kind of feeling it is, to live always in that high floor. As for suicide, it's not electricity, but choking, that I chose as a means. You said, you felt, my tendency to suicide got stronger, since I went back to Japan. It may seem so, or during my stay in Europe, my tendency was much more theoretical thanks to our talks about suicide. I don't know, if you believe it or not, but while I was there, I could feel life more vividly, and I can say, that I was very much enlightened by you, concerning the idea of life itself. But once I came back to Japan, to my too ordinary living condition, that enlightenment, I got, has been fading, day by day. If I don't live at my parents' house, I imagine, it is more likely for me, to kill myself, for when living alone, it may be more likely. And I think, life after death, is nothing, at least for me, he who is dead. As for my brother and his wife, I really feel annoyed, though, I still try to refrain from complaining about them. As long as they distant away, it's quite okay, but their appearance tomorrow, must disturb my peace. It seems to my eyes, that every act of their life, is a ceremony, and they the slaves of conventions, and what is worse, they, themselves, are not aware of that, at all. Their marriage is something like a marriage, not of two individuals, but of two homes. For example, before the wedding, our family received a lot of felicitations, in terms of money and articles. And in order to return the courtesy, the bride and my mother will visit around the people, who gave them celebrations and introduce herself, and give them articles in return. And when the bride goes to her parents' house, my parents also accompany her and my brother. Moreover, as they can't support their new life by themselves, my parents give them some amount of money, regularly, and the bride's parents will also help them in some way, financially. So you can see, 
it's the marriage of two families. It may seem to you, unbelievable, but it's very a common custom here. I, myself, can't endure these, obviously too ridiculous, things, and I call myself a rebel against conventions. But to be a rebel, is sometimes very hard, because the people around me can hardly understand me properly. On the night, when their wedding was over, I met a man at my house. He is a friend of my brother, and he attended the ceremony, and he stayed that night at my house. When I got home, very, very drunk, that night, he was there, talking with my parents, as a guest. It was absolutely by accident, that he was there. But, as I was drunk very much, I began to talk, and curse to him, violently. He seemed to be amused by my sudden unusual appearance. That was our first encounter. As it was interesting for me, to talk with him, on a later day, we had a date. We drank quite a lot then, and at night, we went to a little hotel and we performed the sexual intercourse. But he hesitated quite a lot, before doing it, and, even, in the midst of it, he didn't complete the deed, because he feared, that I should be pregnant, and because the image of my brother, his friend, flickered. Meanwhile, I was very drunk, and almost all my ordinary nerves were paralyzed, so I felt neither pleasure nor mortification. I just felt only a sharp physical pain, because he was very, very awkward. I know, all these confessions of mine are very bitter, and disagreeable, and disgusting to you, but I dare confess everything to you, otherwise my conscience will torment me forever. If you can't forgive me for this act of mine, you can refuse me. But I was very lonely, and I had seldom got relaxation or dissipation, so I had a date with him. But from the beginning, I was not serious with him, and on parting with him, I said to him, I break off our relationship, definitely. This was it. I don't deny, it was quite amusing, first, to talk with him, but there are two ideas of his, which, I can't, by any means, accept that is, of suicide and marriage. He seeks to establish a very steady home of his own, and he can't understand my idea about suicide, at all. Even, if you, offer, to break off the relation with me, there's one thing, which I want you to remember. Don't think I'm obscene by nature. I still think, I belong to you, if you allow me, so to say. I wanted to free myself from being a virgin. But now I'm not sure exactly, if I'm still a virgin or not. I think myself a half-virgin, for my organ didn't bleed at all, strangely, during the intercourse. But I don't think, I could free myself to my satisfaction. Anyway, all these are facts, I was very reluctant to tell you about this, but it's my principle. And I had feared, the result, that would be caused to go to a faraway country, in order, merely, to have an intercourse. I want to believe that our relation is sound enough not to be blurred by the physical matter. So, I have now almost no tremendous obsession about sexual intercourse. According to that experience of mine, it was almost nothing to make a fuss about. But don't think I'm frivolous, nor think it disgusting for me to try to excuse myself. I am even now, very serious. After all, I can't love that man.
you are the person who can tell me the life itself, maybe not at all, in a sophisticated way. If you refuse me for this incident, I'll lose two persons at a time. But I think the relation without a lie is better than that with a beautiful lie. You know, before I hear your answer or reaction to this, I'll be definitely very worried. Even my parents don't know about this, naturally. Even after this, I don't think I've changed. I think I'm almost the same as before. I want to hear your frank opinion about this. I'm prepared to stand, whatever you say, however bitter it may be. You know, nobody is hurt deeply, yet. Even if you refuse me, I won't resume the relation with that man. This is all what I can say now. I really hope this will not give you a great shock. When I read your letter today, I was really happy and thankful because you didn't change a bit and you were as sincere as ever. One thing that I regret about that incident is only your being hurt. But I myself try not to blame myself as being not moral. It has been a long time's virtue here in Japan to keep virginity until getting married. But I think it very dangerous to get married without knowing the body of a partner because a physical inequality is a misfortune for any matrimonial life. The feeling which I had toward him is completely different from that toward you. The latter is spontaneous and instinctive, definitely. As a matter of fact, I fear that the situation which occurs in Hardy's novel Tess of Durber will, in which Angel Clare refused Tess immediately after she confessed to him that she was once raped and gave birth to a child, also occurs to me. Dear Hubert, I'm sorry to end this letter by those unpleasant remarks. But I have no intention to be controversial about that matter. I just want to be accepted by you, as before. I can't find any suitable words to conclude this letter now, as usual. But I am not so depressed now. I think I'm now very calm. And I hope you'll enjoy the rest of your holidays. Namiko. This was the seventh episode of the epistolary novel. A Japanese Dream in 79 Letters, by Martin Glimmon. The text was read to you by a machine and therefore some mispronunciation may have occurred here and there. And as I mentioned earlier, in the intro, it also may have happened that there were some errors in the construction of sentences or some imperfection in the use of the correct vocabulary. I hope it did not disturb you too much. Thank you for listening and goodbye.